Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Forever. Dog. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another fabulous edition of It's a Mess, the podcast. Welcome back. Of podcasts. Oh, did I'm, I interrupt you? Yeah. Did I interrupt you? Did I interrupt you? <laughs> I'm Peppermint. I'm Caswell. You're in the right place. Congratulations. Today's going to be a great show. I'm excited about helping people's lives, especially with the topic we have today. But... Ooh. Before that, how you been? I don't remember. Okay. I guess I've been good. <laughs> <laughs> That's not bad. I mean, if you don't remember, then it can't be bad. Because you would remember if it was bad. Maybe. You know what? I got I got food poisoning this week. Oh, from yeah, a place, you told me. From a place I, I always go to. Now, how does and that so, make you feel? <laughs> that makes me feel betrayed because I've been getting a vegan pizza like every other day. Uh-huh. And I got it this time. And I threw up and it was a, a mess. And I, got a, I had a huge headache. And uh, it was just, it was, it was just... A gross time. Food poisoning sucks. So now, and, you I, know, I felt that I felt the uh-huh. effects of it for like three days. I was Gosh. a mess for like three days. That's kind of some serious because I, I mean, I, we've all I think we've all had food poisoning, but it usually you know, like you, you can count on like a, you being a down and out for a day, but three days is kind of like that's like the that's the, that's the big one. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I couldn't get it together for like three days. It was horrible. And so now, are you gonna ever go back there? So. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? I called them up and I says, hey, I'm a regular there. I'm just letting you know that I get the vegan pizza just about every other day. I just had it. I got food poisoning. I'm not calling to be a bitch. I'm just calling to let you know that whatever change you just made is probably why. So you might have other people complaining. You might want to look into that. And she's like, okay, thanks. Okay, thanks. Bye. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so. Oh, gosh. Well, I'm sorry that you were feeling bad, but I'm happy to hear that you are feeling good. You're looking great. You're looking sexy and healthy. Your Thanks. color. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. yeah, you know, you're right. I do look okay today, actually. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm feeling good. I didn't have food poisoning, mm-hmm. but I just, I was in India not that long ago. And, mm-hmm. um, and I had a great time. And so I'm happy to be back in the States, um, looking forward to the new year. It's just about nice. new year. It's almost new year. Nice. I can't even believe it. <laughs> it might even be, it's, it might even be 2020 when this drops probably. Well, happy new year. Happy new year. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so with that being said, everyone, I guess it's, yeah. it's, we should acknowledge that not only is this a couple of best friends shooting the shit, but it's also an advice podcast. This is uh, not a professional advice podcast, but Tell it's, a pod- it's an advice know. podcast nonetheless. What is it? Uh, people write in with their questions, things that are on their mind, their problems that they're having that they need solved, and we do our damnedest to help them. Can you in- imagine if they called in? <laughs> I would never pick up the fucking phone. They'd hang up on I would us never, too. With, like, these, with these questions, I would never pick up the phone. I'm uh, sorry to interrupt you. And so we, yes, we, that's the theme today, I guess. We, um, we answer the questions to the best we can, but we do want you to know that we are not professionals or licensed clinicians. We are a couple of <laughs> people. <laughs> Doing our best. No, okay, yeah. Dude, we're, we're, doing, we're, do, we're good people doing our best. It's true. That's exactly what we are. We do the best we can. And so today's theme is, Caswell, you want to do the honors? You know, thank you for giving me that opportunity, Peppermint. I really appreciate that. <laughs> um, the theme of today's show is escorts, and it is themed Escorts Are Us. And we actually got quite a few questions, well, at least three. 
uh, that were about escorts or from escorts or about escorting or two escorts or disco to escorts or from escorts. Like everybody's Escort, fucking escorting. Escorts so I was Jason. like, let's make this a theme of the show. Let's have let's let's make this a theme. You know, let's yeah. give back to the escorts <laughs> and uh, help them with the issues. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that because I remember, and I know we talked about this recently, but you know, I I just. I have I've been friends with all different types of people and social media is like where you're connected with all your friends these days. And I have all different types of people. I'm connected with family, friends, schoolmates, everybody. For some reason, there is a certain percentage across the board of all the people that I'm connected with who are now all of a sudden sex workers. And they advertise their literal ass <laughs> on on their social media. And so there's people who like I've known for years who I knew as teenagers who are now adults who are like, who wants to get fucked? And it's like, so, it's so interesting that like, you know, now I know what half my friends look like naked. Okay, well, we're going to be talking about that. But before we do, Uh we need to uh, have a little celebration of what we have the weekly exemplary queen. Yes. And I don't even know who it is because you're choosing the queens right now. And I wanted to surprise you. So it is time for exemplary queens. This week, the exemplary queen is someone who, for so long, has gone, was in, literally in, quite literally in the shadows. Um, They are, uh, were a friend and confidant and even lover, manager, personal assistant to one of the most iconic singers and entertainers in history. And uh, the singer was known as The Voice. In 1963, they were born in East Orange, New Jersey, and met this singer in the 80s, (laughs) when things were a little bit more ambiguous. Um, They have been with this person through the ups and downs, even up until the last moment of this person's life. This person that I'm talking about is, of course, the legend who will be eternally uh, in our hearts and minds, the incomparable Whitney Houston. And our exemplary queen this week is... Someone who is now, I would say, a pioneer and a champion for queerness and being probably the only voice of reason in the room, uh, Robin Crawford, who was Whitney Houston's assistant, manager, co-writer, and most importantly, best friend and lover to Mm -hmm. Whitney Houston. So thank you so much, Robin. Does she consider herself like like, a lover, actually? Like, I know that they... She had claimed that they had like hooked up once or twice. Like it didn't seem like too, like it didn't seem like they were like holding hands, going to the mall or anything like that. But, well, no, they, 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 they couldn't. They were, they were a, a Whitney was closeted, so that's mm. that's more than half of it, that. And then B, Robin was also Robin identifies as queer and sexually fluid. Uh, at least that's how it's reported. So it's not like these are a couple of out lesbians who were married. Like they just couldn't be. Um, and, you know, Whitney was married to Bobby Brown, obviously, and, and had a family and all that stuff. They were very, very, very close friends, confidants and best friends, for sure. But Robin did allude to the fact that they had a physical relationship. And now that Whitney is no longer with us, uh, Robin has kind of uh, come out, for lack of a better uh, phrase, uh, you know, recently and, and and talked about her relationship with Whitney and exposed how much... Um, she did love and care for her and how much of best friends they were. And I think that's the end of the day. The takeaway is that they were best friends. And Robin is does identify as queer, and she did have a relationship with Whitney Houston. Um, we can speculate as who was doing what and how much of it they were doing. But the bottom line is, if you want to know that, then I guess you should read the book. <laughs> baby, baby, I, baby, I, th- I thought she was going to throw down on Wendy Williams. Her knuckles were getting Ooh. tight. She was not happy. Did you see? Did you see it? I saw a bit of it. She I couldn't like, she, finish she it. She like though. put. She put Wendy. Why? Like emotionally, you gonna finish it? Or you no, no, no. I mean, I just. I don't. Wendy was picking a little bit too much. Do you know what I mean? But Wendy's a gossip queen, and and I think that what what remains to be seen, or what doesn't remain to be seen, what we're talking about here with Whitney Houston and Robin is that Robin is taking the high ground. 
Robin could be like, yo, I gotta tell all dirt. I know where Whitney's pussy look like. Y'all want to see the pictures? She could be like that. No, she, she wouldn't not, disrespect She's not like disrespecting that. her. And she's keeping it real classy and real clean. And I think she's protecting part of the relationship and the love that they shared with each other. That only for so long, they were only able to confide and trust in each other. No one knew about the relationship they, that they had or they couldn't mm. talk about it publicly. So they built this mm. relationship that was strong and obviously it lasted years and years and years. They built this relationship on trust and and secrecy, unfortunately, because they couldn't be out. And so I think- Did you get the book? No, I didn't get the book. I'm going to get the book, which by the way, you guys should uh, check it out. It's called A Song For You, My Life With Whitney Houston. And she, and she, this is not the kind of book that someone would write if they're just like, oh, they just knew Whitney Houston, you know, from the hood. This is someone who is obviously very close and knows things about Whitney Houston that no one will ever know, I guess, unless they read the book. I want to say, you know, yeah, we could speculate and yeah, we could be like, mm, but I'm going to I'm going to respect that she was so respectful to Whitney because she could have she could have had a book out 20 years ago. Um and they dogged her. Clearly, they didn't treat her well. I know you saw that documentary. They did not treat her very well, her family and uh, allegedly her family. And, and she was pushed into the shadows, silenced, and no one would acknowledge or support her. So bottom line is, they were friends, they were lovers, and that's how it was. Clearly, they had a, a bond that was really strong. And so this is for Robin and for all of the people who hold up the artists, because I mean, I know this is kind of a long exemplary queen, but, you know, I have to give a shout out to people who are personal assistants because they deal with a lot of the BS that people will never see. And Especially yours. What is what is wrong with you today? <laughs> and so they, they just, you know, they handle a lot. It's a heavy workload and they have to, it's their job to deal with a lot of the stress that normally the entertainer would have to deal with. But since the entertainer has this inhuman job of having to not sleep and perform almost unrested and travel and do all these things, you know, the the more popular you get, the more crazy it probably is. A lot of that stress has to fall on the shoulders of the personal assistant. On top of that, you mm. you put fighting and normal bickering and normal stress of a normal relationship then a romantic relationship that's closeted. And I know that being in a relationship with somebody when one of the people or both are closeted makes things even that much more tense. And so that must have been a really, really, really tough time for Robin. And so that is why we are bestowing this golden crown onto your head, Robin. Thank you so much for everything that you did uh, in loving on Whitney Houston and allowing her to give us the gift of her voice. That is why you are our exemplary queen this week. Yay! (laughs) It's time to move on to some other folks that are holding up something else. (laughs) We have questions that have been sent in. And as Caswell said earlier, the theme is escorts are us. Let's get right into it. Caswell, what's the first question? All right. Cue music. Hey, guys. Congratulations on the podcast. I'm a big fan of the both of you, and I had no idea the two of you were best friends, so it's exciting to tune into both of you at the same time when I want to hear you guys give trashy advice, (laughs) hence why I'm writing to you. (laughs) Let me start at the beginning. About a month ago, I was on Grindr, and this older guy in his early 40s asked me if he could give me $200 to suck my dick. I thought about it, And since he wasn't half bad looking and I was low on cash, I said, sure, why not? So I went over to his place. He was a total gentleman. He made us drinks. We chatted up a bit. I kicked back. He sucked my dick. I nutted in his mouth and he gave me two crisp $100 bills and then I left. It was so easy. I put the whole experience out of my head for a while, but recently I've been thinking about doing it again as in trying to work as an actual escort. Money is really tight. I got laid off recently and I also send money to my mom who's sick and needs my help so I'm really stressed out. 
I'm thinking if I can make $200 in 15 minutes and do that at least five times a week, I would be set. I would actually be more than set. I've only talked to a couple friends about this and they think it's a dark turn, but I don't think escorting is necessarily a nightmare waiting to happen if done with the right attitude. I was wondering if you guys have any experience with the escorting profession or maybe have any friends that escort because I actually don't know any escorts. Based on your experience, Maybe you have some insight that I haven't thought of before I get online and start selling my dick. Let me know your <laughs> thoughts. Also, Peppermint. <laughs> also, Peppermint, I'm rooting for you to get on the next All Stars. Love, adore, Diet Coke. <laughs> I, ma- I made these fake names this week. Okay, okay. I like them. Well, adore. Um, thank you very much for your vote of confidence for All Stars. Maybe in the future. Right now, but obviously, there's no news. I'm excited to find out who's going to be on the next season of All-Stars, which apparently isn't going to happen until sometime late next year. So I'm not going to be on it. Adore. That's the first thing. Uh, Second of all, um, you know, it's so crazy. I honestly, like, listening to this, I I feel Mm -hmm. like I've been in this situation before in some way or another. If you're you're young (laughs) and hot, then you or or awake at 4 a.m., let's be real, and you live in a big city, then you've been in a situation yeah. where you've been offered sex for money or been willing, yeah. been thought about paying sex for money. The thought has mm-hmm. crossed somebody's mind. It just has. Um, it is, it's the oldest for profession for a reason. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I think it's only natural if you're cute and young and apparently hung to, um, to, to think about it and, and to consider it as a, as a, as a job, especially if you are in, if you're gay, if you're a gay man, then, you know, it's par for the course. And I, I don't know like what that is. I don't know if that is just gays are prone to more sex because they're men or, and does that mean women just don't have sex? I don't know. Um, even though there are lots of women are prostitutes, you know, like that's not a new thing at all. Um, and so I don't know what it is, but I do think the number one thing when considering sex work is set a financial goal, right? <laughs> I know that sounds crazy, but I, I he had, did. He said he says five dicks, five blowjobs a week. He'd be set. Well, but I no, I wasn't taking that seriously because I don't really think that that means he would just do five blowjobs a week for for the rest of his life because you're probably not going to do five blowjobs a week for the rest of your life there's a lot of things that you have to consider um you know if if it's if it's going to be blowjobs this is the thing and okay i think sex work is like this goal it's like a gold door that has all the diamonds and everything you could ever want in the door but when you mm. open the door there's a slide there and <laughs> it's a crackhead <laughs> there's a crackhead uh, <laughs> a crackhead there in a trap house. What's good? And so, like, you, I think sex work, porn, even go-go dancing, p- perhaps, um, seem real shiny on the outside, but they could lead to a lot of trouble if you're not really ready. And so I think you need to prepare yourself. Um, I think you need to figure out what you're going to do. You need to be up on your testing situation. With STIs, you need to get that healthcare together. You need to figure out what your stance is going to be in terms of like what you are willing to do or not willing to do, and really kind of examine that and figure out like mm-hmm. how much money would it take to really make me not want to do or whatever. Um, you know, figure out what your boundaries are if you're going to have any boundaries and what they would be, um, mm-hmm. and have a system in place like a safety mechanism. Gosh, any one of us, escort or not can end up in a sexual situation because, you know, sexual situations a lot of times in this country are connected to a sense of shame sometimes or Mm -hmm. something dark, something shady, something, somebody always Mm -hmm. in the back alley. And, you know, there's, I think we get a sense of excitement from the risk that we take sometimes. Mm -hmm. Those things can go haywire in one second. All of a sudden you're in there, somebody's got a knife and people are screaming. And so, you know, I think it could be, it's important to set your boundaries and have a safety plan and then also have a financial goal. If you're like, I'm going to do this until I have an exit strategy at every, like, I don't know how much hookers make a hundred thousand dollars. If you, if you're a hundred thousand dollars is your like exit strategy, then say every time I make a hundred thousand dollars, I'm going to sit down and examine my life and, and look at the other opportunities that I have. It's great to be somebody who doesn't need to be an escort and the money is extra, 
But it doesn't take very much for you to not have any it's other options. That's usually not how it happens, though. <laughs> yeah, people usually don't start escorting when they already have tons of money. Like That's what I'm saying. So that- <laughs> Yeah. So, so yeah. So you, you know, you, but you don't want to be in the situation where you're, where you're escorting and that's the only option that you have, period. Do you know what I mean? Um, you want to be able to have your money work for you, whether you're a doctor, a lawyer, or an escort. In this country, the point is I want to work as hard and as diligently as I can so that in 5, 10, 15, 20 years, I'm rich and I don't need to go into the office tomorrow. And I think that's, what we should all be working towards is being able to have financial stability. I think that this has a lot more to do with whether or not he's mentally stable or has the right state of mind to be an escort and ready for the experiences Uh that are going to happen. I remember Amanda Lepore said to me, she said, not everybody is a good whore. (laughs) She's like, she's like, I couldn't, she would tell me that she couldn't escort because she's just not a good whore. She's not good at getting in that state of mind that a good whore is able Uh to do. See, he seems to think that he can get paid just to get his dick sucked, but I promise you, there'll be guys who'll be like, oh, well, I'll give you a hundred bucks if I can suck your dick, and then you gotta negotiate. And then there'll be guys like, well, look, I want $300, I want you to fuck me, and you haven't been, haven't worked in a week, and then, you know, maybe you're doing things that you're uncomfortable with and negotiating with your morals and values or just your basic comfort because uh-huh. you need to keep some money in your bank, you know? So um, I think you should really think about that. And also, like, like, Talk to some escorts, like, like hit some up. Go to where escorts go. Get an apprenticeship. <laughs> an apprenticeship? Is that like a fluff? But it's like, but it's like you you can meet you can meet other escorts. You know, like the, you, you already have. There are ways you can go online <laughs> and talk to escorts at any time, or you know, you can do some more research about it and just find out, you know, exactly what you're in for if you're going to start doing that. I mean, this, but I. I think that I think that he bumped into a really easy situation when you know he randomly got some guy in grinder that wanted to give him two hundred bucks to suck his dick, but I don't think it's always like that. But that's not that random. I mean, I see people. There's certainly plenty of sex workers online and on Grinder, and obviously, if they're there, then the people who are willing to pay are there too. No, but as far as being an actual escort, the guys that only want guys that only want to suck your dick is probably more more seldom like guys want more than that you know guys want to get fucked guys going to massage oh, I see what you mean. The guys might, oh you're talking about him just being a blowjob <clears throat> yeah see he seems to be like oh he seems to say in his in his letter that he if he can if he can get five people to suck his dick a week then he'll make a thousand dollars a week and he'll be more than set yeah but, but there's there's, that, there's never not, you're, you're right it doesn't work that way because somebody's going to have a thousand and one dollar and say guess what will you do more than that Whatever it exactly. is, will you fuck me? Will you exactly. fist me? Will you punch me? Will you pee on me, poop on me, let me <laughs> pee on you? Somebody's always going to have more money and want you to do more. That's always going to be right. it. And you're always going to think about right. that. And so that's why, I, that's why I said it's important to have those boundaries. You're right. And it's important to have friends in the business. Like, it's important to have friends that that know how to deal with this, that can really give you advice on, like, what to say yes to no, what to say no to, how to know when a customer is being shady. I mean, I'm assuming that he's not going to be out on the street selling his dick and he's going to do it from his laptop. But, um, you know, I you say, never know. <laughs> I say that there's, I say that, I say that if you, if you want to give it a go, give it a go. But I think yeah. that you should reach out to an escort or two away, and ask some away. questions. That's what I say. Yeah, it is. Uh... Ask some questions. <laughs> It is, it's really, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a tough situation because you, it's so tempting, I know, but I think the best way to be successful with it is if to have a plan and be like a business person about it. And that's not Mm -hmm. like the being like last, like, you know, just going with the flow and kind of last minute about everything and just kind of, okay, if you offer me, I'll, maybe I'll do it if I'm in the mood. That's not the way to run a business. So if you're going to do this for real and all the time, then you got to set up your business. And I do think that there's probably a lot more. I don't know how many guys were actually have historically have been a lot of street whores. I feel like guys being offered sex for money is like an has been an individual thing. I don't know how many like pimp situations there have been with like a bunch of men. You know what I mean? Like with women, the sex trafficking. You mean like you know you mean like a pimp that just pimps guys? Yeah. Yeah, I've never heard of that either. 
I don't know. I mean, I feel like it's like on with the guys, at least in my experience with the guys that I met, it's been like individual. Like, I'm cute. You want me. Give me the money and that's it. But I wonder if there's like pimps that are they like. seem to manage themselves. Yeah, they manage themselves. That's what I'm trying to say. And there's a lot of, obviously, we've, we've heard stories of pimps who manage all the hookers and all the women. Another thing that this person should really be aware of, I don't want to forget to say, is that I promise you, and this is you know, based on my own experience that I can get into this later on the show, drugs are going to be involved. You're going to get in, be, pe- people get high and when call they, hookers all the time. They, you're going to, you're going to get guys that are high on crack that have been doing meth for three days. Uh-huh. Up, and want you to week. do it with them. Want you to do it with them. Like you have to prepare yourself some pr- for some pretty extreme experience. That's what I meant when so, I was saying you have to prepare. Yeah. Right. All right. So um, that's our advice for that. I say get an apprenticeship, hit up a few escorts, become friends with some, ask questions. Um, I'm sure if you put in the effort, you can talk to some escorts online if you want to, if you want to ask, you know, as, as long as they don't think that, you know, maybe, maybe hit up some escorts in another city so they don't think you're trying to take their business. <laughs> True. But we can help, you know, we don't know what city that this, uh, do we know? What city? So. Yeah. Um, so. Adore is in. So listen, if you are an escort listening to this and you have any advice for Adore, send us a message and we will connect you. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Good, good call. Pat. Yeah. Should we move on? Yeah, let's move on. All right. Question number two. Q music. Dear Kaz and Pep, congratulations on season two of the podcast. <laughs> I love you guys. And since you give a variety of advice, I thought that I would come to you with my problem. I'm in love with a male escort. That reminds me of that T-Pain song. I'm in love with a stripper. Uh, first, some background information. <laughs> Stupid. I'm a 38-year-old gay man living in New York City. I work and live in the financial district. And I've been ordering escorts since I moved to New York City when I was 30. I have no shame at all about it. I love that I can pay for an affordable fee and have a hot guy come over to my house and give me sex and affection whenever I need it. For the past year, I've only been hiring one particular escort, and I found myself falling in love with him. It's hard to explain my feelings without becoming a whole total mindfuck. On a scale from 1 to 10, I'm a 5 and he's a 12. I guess it's in the looks department. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> That's the first problem. Uh, I know he would never hang out with me or have sex with me if I wasn't paying him, but still we developed a bond and a trusting relationship. I even gave him the keys to my house last month so that he can crash here if he wants and he can meet me here before I get out of work. I don't know if I should tell him any of my feelings because I know at the end of the day, even though he respects me and enjoys my personality, I know he's here for the money. That is the truth. I'm wondering if I should just stop seeing him altogether and maybe for the first time in a long time, look for love and affection that I don't actually have to pay for. Or should I tell him how I feel and see if he wants to work out a normal relationship without money being involved? What do you guys think I should do? Signed, the Vivian Seabreeze. Seabreeze the drink, not Seabreeze the astringent. Do you remember that? Well. From the 80s? Yes. <laughs> we talked about Seabreeze about something else Did we? recently. Oh, yeah, yeah. We talked about Seabreeze for getting rid of like a Odors. hair glue or something. Oh, oh no, oh, deodorant? Yeah, yeah something like something that. Yeah. Like this. <laughs> Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Beautiful skin uh, back, back, be back to you and your calamity. Okay, okay. <laughs> Vivian. Um, well, you know, first of all, change the locks. <laughs> change the locks before you make any decision. Okay. True. Just and I would say that about anybody that you're probably going to break up with. So change the locks. Don't even ask for the key back. Just change the locks. Um. Also, it must be a complete mind fuck if every time you hang out with somebody, you pay them. Because it's not just it's not just like they come over once a year and it's a service they give you once in a while. Like now you have a personal relationship with them. You've built up a friendship with them. And every time they come over, whether it's for dinner or to watch a movie or to fuck or to play Scrabble, you're paying them a rate. So that must, in the back of my head, even though even though we would have a flowing conversation and we would make each other laugh and would feel really good about each other, in the back of my head, I'd be like, 
no matter how good it is, he's only here because I'm giving him money. Like that would that would get to me. That would definitely get to me after time. And I would really question whether or not that person was being genuine with me. And I think that it is possible that he is being genuine with you. Like just like just like when you go to work, you might not be in love with your job, but you make the best of it and you have friends at your job that you hang out and that you hang out with at work and you talk to at work and you would probably never hang out with them outside of work, but you make the best of it and you 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 know, you try to work with everybody's personality and just have a mm-hmm. good time at work. That's probably similar to what he's going through. Like, would he come over and hang out just to hang out? I mean, maybe. I mean, you know, maybe you might be the kind of person that he wants to get advice from or, you know, uh, talk to about problems that he's having with his mother. Or he might he might go to you when he needs some type of emotional support if he's that kind of person. But in general, would he be going over your house every night to watch movies and have sex with you? If you weren't paying him, probably not, not and probably not as often. So if if it's getting to you, which it must be because it inspired you to put your fingers to that keyboard and send us an email, now. then then I think that I I think that you're I, Pep. I think he's longing. I, I think he's longing for love. a real relationship I mean, and, and real love. Yeah, and so, but we and all I, are. <laughs> I mean, oh God! I'm playing. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have a heart. Okay, I don't. I don't know what love is. Um, Yeah, look, we all want companionship. I'm. I'm convinced at the end of the day that we all humans want companionship. However, we get it. How we deal with it is some is a different story. Um, But I think we all want companionship to some degree, and that includes some type of love, loving relationship. However, you define that. And I know that there's definitely a lot of people. This is not a new story. Like, there's definitely a lot of people who ha- have who have the money and the means to hire someone in a sexual relationship. And as long as they can keep that going, then that's the relationship. But you're right. I don't know. Even if they did fall in love with each other, both from both ends, I don't really know. Like, if I, I feel, I'm just putting myself in it. If I was getting paid a thousand dollars or whatever to show up at some guy's house and have sex and I really liked him. I think in the back of my mind, if, if he, if he stopped, if he was like, why don't you come over for free? I might feel some type of way about that. Like, wait, so wait, wait, if you were the escort getting paid, if I was the escort mm-hmm. and I was going over and, and obviously the guy falls in love with me cause <laughs> but if I, uh-huh. if I was like, mm, I kind of dig this guy. I think he's cute at this point. I'm not saying, I'm head over heels in love. I'm saying I'm an escort and I have a regular customer and I really like him. That's it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he tells me, regardless of his feelings, he says, why don't we try to hang out and go on a date that I don't pay you for? I would be like, what? Who's changing up shit? And so I don't know. Like, it, I think I would feel some type of way about it. I think if that's a barrier to when you change the, when you change someone's, when you make a decision that will disrupt someone's financial flow, they money, they bag. Money <laughs> changes everything. Then I think it, it kind of does. It does. But, but you know what it reminds me of is what? these type of things happen like all the time. So for instance, yeah. I'm just going to say, I'm just going to say a, like a hetero relationship. So if a girl that wants a rich guy and and he's always taking her out to eat and then he was like oh why don't why don't we go out tonight but tonight you know i'm not going to pay for it she'll she what 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 you know what well, that's a relation or, they're um, already in a relationship though this yeah example. but what i'm trying to say is many people are in different types of relationships just for the money already whether it's right, escorting right. No, no, or no. they're a real housewife you know so <laughs> well we know the real housewives are already yeah so <laughs> the, i mean i mean so at least it's an honest relationship. At least, at least you know that. I mean, I don't know what he's telling you. Like, I don't know if he's telling you that he's in love with you. But, but also, you have you you have to also you have to also understand. And I'll fight anybody over this. Let's fight because I got something to say. <laughs> escorts and strippers are master manipulators. And everybody knows it. And they do what they have to do and they play the part to get the money. Whatever whatever it is. So for instance, 
if he is getting if he is getting you to fall in love with him that's probably part of the plan because if you're in love with him then you're gonna pay for it more than if you just like if he had a dull ass personality but you know a bomb dick then you probably might just have him over once or twice but if you actually have a connection with him that every human being is yearning for and a bomb dick then you're gonna you're gonna request him more and he he knows this he well, like escorts yeah. know escorts for the most part know that it's in their best interest to have to be charming to be to be personable and to be charming and to be gracious yeah and right. and honestly i mean that's the rule of life if you're a good if a night if you're a nice person people are going to like you and want to be around you more and so that's that's true if you're bitchy and scary unless unless it's dominatrix kind of situation you know then that might be some that then that's something different but I, the the other layer to that, like, okay, this isn't going to ca- counter what you just said, but like the other layer to that is, if you think about it, it's, especially if you're if the if this is a regular, ongoing, like frequent thing, then the mm-hmm. the the John, the person paying the client, right, is the is sort of the employer, you know, right, and so that's a weird dynamic to think about, like all of a sudden now, the. It's like there's a power dynamic there that is just not present necessarily in all relationships. At least you don't want it to be that way in, in all relationships. I mean, you're right. The housewives and the situation, somebody is always, somebody wears the pants in the family, you know, the proverbial pants in the family. But I, I just, I mean, look, we're, we're going, there's lots of conjecture here. We don't really know, but I do know that I say, no matter what the situation is, as long as everyone is consenting and legal of legal age, then err on the side of love. Love always wins. <laughs> and so if you got something to say about how you love somebody and your feelings, your feelings are going to the only mm-hmm. thing stronger than the dollar is the feeling. It, that feeling's mm-hmm. gonna come through. He's gonna know mm-hmm. how you feel about him eventually, whether you say it or not. And mm-hmm. eventually that's gonna start to inform the way you f- you react to him. So I say mm-hmm. yes. Tell him about how you feel, but be prepared Mm -hmm. for the situation to end and go bad, you know? What do you say? Or or just to finish it off, you should tell him, it's like, you should tell him, I think I should end this with you because I'm catching feelings and I know that the bottom line is we are here based on a cash transaction. And if he argues you on that and goes well you know i would actually still like to hang out with you even if you don't pay me then that's the response that you would get from someone that actually wants to hang out with you regardless of how much money you have the response you would get from somebody that is only with you for the money would be like okay well let me know you know when you have money you would you know we'll just see each other a little less then you know so right tell me you make the firm decision you don't want to you don't want to be with them any you can't see him anymore because you're falling in love with them and you know so and let him and decide the rest yeah and you can't be you want a normal relationship with somebody and if he and then if he wants it with you that will be the time he goes well i want this normal relationship with you too i mean right it is possible i mean i saw a pretty woman it is impossible yeah. for a hooker to fall in love well that was a script john. i'm in love with the stripper listen um you have to let us know vivian how it goes uh the best of luck to you and your hooker ass boyfriend um, <laughs> <laughs> but in the meantime we gotta move on honey we got bills to pay uh let's read question number three cue the music dear pep and Cass. I am a male escort living and working in Los Angeles. I've been doing it steadily for about six years. I advertise my escorting business online and I have an OnlyFans page and a decent following on my Twitter and my Instagram. I should be grateful because my job is pretty easy and I actually enjoy it for the most part. I make a lot of money. I've been flown around the world and have been in the most exotic places and, the most influ- and, and in the most affluent homes. But I'm at the point where I find myself longing for a normal life. I can never make plans with friends because when I do, I always end up getting a call and I can't turn down the money. I want to fall in love and have a boyfriend and be in a stable relationship, but I can never meet a guy that wants to date an escort seriously. I'm getting really depressed about it because I feel like I am a slave to the money because there is no other profession where I can make this much money as easily as I do. 
but at the same time, I am feeling extreme loneliness. Sometimes I find myself fantasizing about a nine to five job. I desperately want a life where I actually know when I'm going into work and when I'm leaving work and when I'm going to have free time and not have to and not have a schedule that revolves around my client's compulsive behavior. Do you guys have any opinion or possibly any experience in this that would help me out? P.S. I love you, Caswell. <laughs> Ice Cream Chuck is still my gay anthem. Melissa B. Fierce Sangria. <laughs> Melissa. First of all, fantasizing about a nine to five job <laughs> means that you are is desperate. Um, I, yeah, I mean, the only time I would fantasize about a nine to five job is if it was actually like nine to five the movie and I could be like, you know, with Dolly Parton and singing. Um, anyway, listen, Melissa, <laughs> um, I, I, this is, okay, this is interesting because this is kind of the situation that this, I picture this Melissa situation as a couple years down the line of our first reader in the show, um, Adore, the first, uh, the first letter that we got. This mm. is someone who has been in the game and is ready to kind of make a change and make the, the, the switch. And one so, person wants in, one person wants out. Yeah. Hey, and I guess that's the, uh, all right, Thunderdome. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Two men into one man leaves. <laughs> the rules, there are no rules. <laughs> Who runs Modern Town? Uh, <laughs> we oh, have to bitch, watch you need that. to do that track. You need to do that track. <laughs> we don't need another hero, bitch. I've actually, I used to do get, it in, in get them, Get them, get them chainmail earrings, yes, bitch. Honey, I used to do it in Barracuda. I did used okay. to have the dress and everything, darling. Topic. Anyway, the, well, no, honey. It's never inappropriate for <laughs> Tina Turner, darling. Okay, okay that's okay, the first okay, thing. Okay, 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 okay. Um, okay. I do think that it is, uh, I think it's I think it's just, you know, telling of what we said. When going into the business, it always seems like it's going to be roses and sunshine and rainbows. But there's a lot of probably left to be desired. And if you're good at it, then it's not necessarily about just the sex, I think. I mean, I don't really know. I'm not in the business, but I certainly have lots of friends who are sex workers, people in the porn industry. And the ones who are good at it and successful and and working a lot are the ones who are who don't who, who treat it like literally like they're going to their like they are going to their 9 to 5 job. And and so that just go, goes to show you that even sex work can become mundane and undesirable. Just like uh, Melissa is saying. And so, Melissa, I am all for you trying to make, um, see what other options are. I want to be real clear, though, because I don't, I'm trying to be, like, more sex positive in my life. And I don't want anyone to think that, you know, it's a morality judgment or that, you know, you should get out as soon as possible from, from, from being a sex worker. I just think it's important to have financial and economic empowerment. And if you are feeling like the boss and you know you're never it's it, you're happy then fine but if you know or eventually decide that you want to change look if somebody's a brilliant heart surgeon and wants to go and become a painter more power to them and so i think if you want to make a career change and a career switch then it's if you're feeling like that then you definitely need to do it and so i know that it can be difficult people who are sex workers people who you know were in jail. Now I'm not saying that those are the two things, but I'm saying there's there's a bunch of people who in our in our world who are branded as not able to make the crossover to like the day, t- daytime life or to being a school teacher or whatever. So I know that there can be like some you you might end up in a situation where people are going to be like, "Oh, you you're great on paper, but mm, you used to be a sex worker and you can't work here at McDonald's or whatever." I know that you you might experience some of that, but I definitely think it's worth you taking that moment to look in and, and create an opportunity for yourself. And I'll 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 buy whatever you're selling. I mean, I might not. Never mind. <laughs> I this question really hit me hard, Why? and I want. Okay, I can't really answer this question without getting into my history with sex work. Hold up, let me get so my I'm tea. Talk about let me get my tea. That, um, <laughs> let me talk about I, I've I've not really talked about this like in like interviews or anything like that. I think I talked about it once on like an Instagram live, but when I moved to New York City, um, 
New York City is hard and it's a struggle. And the first, I'll tell you, it's kind of funny. The first thing I started doing was I wanted to dip my toe in the water <laughs> again, but <clears throat> I I started giving foot massage. And and I had an ad in the back of the gay rags and it said foot hooker. And I had a fake name, which was like Ludwig. And my story was like, I was from like Poland. Like I had like a fake identity with it. And I would go to guys' houses. And this is how it started. I would go to guys' place for $90. I would go to you and I would give an, and I would give, I give a bomb ass foot massage. So I would give, I gave, I would give an hour long foot massage naked and I, at this point, like I wasn't jerking them off or anything like that. It was my hands, their feet. And uh, they gave me, I, I charged $90 because they almost always gave me a hundred bucks with tips and I left. And I'm telling you, like that saved my life when I was in New York City. Like it saved my life. And I, and I had a whole book of how much money I made. And I, I roughly made like between like $900 and $1,500 a week just doing feet. And and so wait, let, not, then, to, yeah. not, to, not to, to put you on blast, but what year was this? Because that that was actually... That I'm not telling you what year it was. Okay. Well, that was in a time. Where <laughs> no, that... no, that was early 2000s. <laughs> that mean that that meant more than it might mean today. A fifteen hundred dollars a week. Oh, yeah, I mean that's that's City. still fifteen hundred dollars. Fifteen hundred dollars a week is good now. Yeah, so it <laughs> but was great there, were, there, were, there were but there were also times it was only two hundred dollars a week. So I mean that that gets into where I'm going. So the economy got bad, and then I started doing full body massage, and I started. Um, sometimes I would travel, and I had a lot of freaky experiences. But I happened to live alone at the time, and I was doing it at my place, and um, and there were times that I did. I did have sex with guys for money, but um, I never, I, I actually never had an ad as an escort. It was always people that knew me from, from, from doing massage that would pay more f- to have sex with me. So I would charge more for that. So, and I, so I, I had a very interesting life at that time, but I'm telling you that like my life <clears throat> was unmanageable because I mean, it was, it, it was unmanageable because because it was just, I didn't know how to manage it. And it was just so, it was just so busy all the time or it wasn't busy all the time. And I was either like, okay with money or, or I was like completely stressed out, couldn't find the money, like always online trying to like get a client or let clients know I'm available and shit like that. Or, you know, making myself, I was making myself available to my clients all the time. And I couldn't say no. Like if this was, this was the only job that I had, I couldn't say no to like $150 to give somebody a massage or whatever I was going to get, you know? So I could not wait to like to have a normal job. Like I couldn't wait to just have a schedule you know, I had no type of schedule in my life at all. <clears throat> Are you okay? Yeah, I love you. I'm just listening. <laughs> so I had, I, like, my whole life revolved around picking up my phone. And my friends got sick of me. I could, there was no way I could possibly be in a committed relationship. And I was just a, comp- I, I'll tell you the bottom line. I was an unreliable person. And the only people that could rely on me were my clients. clients and my friends couldn't rely on me uh, and this goes back to the guys uh, the first question yeah when when <clears throat> when he when um when he was talking about how he's yeah it's like you're not going to be able to have a serious relationship with somebody if you're a full-time hooker because you're you just are just not reliable and i have friends now that are escorts and they're not reliable and i just accept it but and 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 the reason I couldn't date an escort has a lot less to do with them sleeping with other people and more to do with I can't count on you, which is the most important thing in any type of relationship. So <clears throat> I'm telling you that if you if you can save up a big piece of pie and you can take that money and you can invest it into something that is actually important to you in some type of business that you can do, then I and and then dedicate your life to that business. I think that should be your goal. So, you know, whatever. If you want to start a fashion line or start making ceramic mugs or whatever the hell you want to do, put the money aside, learn about the business. So that the the good the the good thing about this is you already know how to be your own boss. So you can take this this experience that you have by, based on that and apply it to an other business that you want to do in which you can make your own hours. The other thing I want to say is you actually can make your own hours if you really want to and you want to discipline yourself. You can turn your phone off those on are the, the weekends. Those are or, those boundaries I talked about. 
Right. So, or you can, you can turn your phone off and not answer any calls and have a message saying, if you're calling me, I'll be back on at this time. You know, your clients will know when you're available. You'll probably miss a few clients, but people will get used to it and you'll be all right. So. And actually, well, I I imagine that it's going to help you. um, Man, this is, this is that moment, that crossroad that would um, allow you to manage allow any sex worker to manage and I'm not I'm not the sex worker queen I don't know but I imagine <laughs> I, but I do know how to to deal with people and I work in a business where I'm my own boss primarily as well both of us do and we're and we're freelance and so there's we're in situations a lot of times where people are kind of letting us know their budget and we have to set the terms with these people and so mm-hmm. if you if you have a I have a I have a couple of rules that I just don't break with myself mm-hmm. that I'm like okay I never do this for this much and I don't do that I might as I might as well be a hooker I don't know I mean it's exactly. the same kind of things these are the things you know, and I explain okay. that and it's I don't do this on these times and these are my rules and this is my set and those who are down with it pay it and guess what yes you might lose a couple of people who are like wishy-washy or in that zone that are going to try to make you do something you don't want to do. You might lose those people, but you're also opening up for more people that are like, okay, I'm with it. You only do Tuesdays and Thursdays at $200, whatever. You know, you are so right. And you are so right. And something I've learned, I've had many, many friends that are escorts over the past decade or two. And, and one thing I've learned from escorts is know your worth. And they've re- they've really taught me that like more than, more than any man, business manager I've had or anybody else in the record industry, like, or, you know, any other booking agent, it's they, they have really taught me to know my worth. And, you know, and I'm sure this person knows too, if they're that successful. <clears throat> so, so I, I hear your battle cry. I hear your battle cry. Um, yeah, Melissa, we, uh, we salute you and we also support you making the big jump. And guess what? The good news is it is the oldest, most established profession. So you could take a break from it and honey, it will still be there. Oh, it ain't going nowhere. No. (laughs) Um, It's always in style. With that. (laughs) I said that. Um, by the way, we have, we've had a few requests in the box for us to make a uh, response show to all the people oh. responding that have their own advice for this. So if you, you have some advice show. for any of these, let us know because we're going to do a show about it. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I say save up some loot and focus on what you really want to do to uh, to be your own boss and make your own schedule. And that's that on that. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for tuning in, folks. As usual, faces, places, and names have been changed to protect the innocent. And the guilty. Mm-mm. For now, I am Peppermint. And I am still Caswell. Mm, we'll talk to you next time. Bye. I love you. Bye. Forever. Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcast.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook. Pew, pew, pew.